so hey, there he is. There's our guy. Um, what what do we what do you need here? Um, I can stay on for maybe ten minutes, and then I gotta hit the road. Um, to cover for Rodney. And I need about Rodney comes back on here. I'm sorry that um I messed up on the communications here, dude. No, it's not your fault that I can't read. You don't blame yourself for it's that. Like Kevin Reed. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Floyd Mayweather when it comes to English, apparently. So I just misread your text and. I heard you and Rodney talking earlier, and Rodney's like, yeah, Wags, you're sticking around from 11 to noon. And Wags, I hear you go, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, what did I do wrong? Really, it was something that I did wrong. So if y'all want, I'm, I'm happy to BS with the people for uh, for the next hour. If you guys can, you know, want to piecemeal this thing, it's totally up to y'all. But I know you guys have stuff planned, so I was... No was ready to roll solo for the next hour until uh, I had to stare at Trey from 12 to 1. Yikes. Yes, I'll definitely be back if you have to do uh, that. So I, yeah, I can hang out for about 10 minutes and then I got to hit the road or else I won't be able to make the appointment. So, All right. Well, then stay around for 10 minutes and uh, and you leave when you got to leave. And Rodney, if you could pop on, great. Once again, don't, don't rush because uh, I can BS with the best of them. So. Right on, brother. All right, guys. Double R. Take care, man. See you, Rodney. <laughs> Yeah, I can uh, I can read with the worst of them, but um, oh, I can, you're good, uh, dude. You're I can good. BS with the rest of them, dude. First of all, I don't what? even know if we have a, a background together. I'm trying to find. No, I'll I keep, don't think we do. I'll no, keep you the chaos right there, man. You can, put, you can put BK. I can be Bucky for today. No, or I, I can be Trey. I can. Turn, I I'm wish. a chameleon, man. I can turn into anybody, dude. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish either of those I've two. Sold on my, worst my enemy. soul for the best. Ah, uh, yeah, you done. you did that a long time ago. For hey. Sure. Um, would you sell your soul for your significant other? Yeah, I think I've yeah. done. Haven't I? Haven't I done that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did that. I, I signed that. I signed that contract like 17 years ago, man. I haven't gotten anything for me. It's always yeah. been hers and hers. Yeah, to death. Look, you you want to go see the bathroom that's got two sinks? You want to go? You want to go <laughs> see all the shit that's in the sinks? Guess what? None of it's mine. I got well, a toothbrush in there. Oh, you're telling me your wife is shitting in the sink these days? I mean, some, you, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> well, I know you're committed to your lovely wife, and she's Thank awesome. You. And look, it's great that you're committed, but are you this committed? Now, I, I think congratulations are in order to our man, Kevin Dunn, who is, of course, not married. I don't want to say always single because he is girlfriends from time to time, but he's uh, the guy who has enjoyed the bachelor life for his 45 or so years on this planet. Well, he's been hiding a girlfriend from us, Wags. Are you serious? And I guess things are getting pretty serious because I just found this video on uh, the website Twitter.com. Not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, but here, apparently, KD's got himself a girlfriend, and she has gone to pretty extreme measures to uh, to showcase and to show off the fact that she is KD's girlfriend. Check it out. <laughs> to kd if you're listening on the app and you're like what the hell just happened uh there's a woman at a tattoo parlor getting a tattoo of the name kevin in giant letters right across her forehead i mean if this thing takes up the entirety of her forehead it literally just says can, kevin can pull up one more thing can we can we freeze frame this thing like yeah. i just want to do the ratio i want to i, I got to ratio it yeah, you know the, what i mean like the she's, tough part that shit crazy bro we got to see if she's hot yeah, well, there's a, a million other tattoos that she has, which uh, that probably went without saying. If you're getting a forehead tattoo, the forehead tattoo is never the first tat that you get, right? That's You're running out of space on the rest of your body, so you move to uh, to the face tat. Who's Kevin? Yeah, I Who's love Kevin? It. It's Kevin Dunn. Dude, is he tucking in his sock? I mean, holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, I'm sure that relationship's going to end well. Uh, I'll play some of this video again. We can't talk because it mutes our mics on StreamYard. It's very annoying, but I'll, I'll play some of this so uh, you and the people can see this again. There it is. Okay. I mean, uh, I just mean, she, what? Maybe, maybe uh, she's a 
six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, would the, you take her home to mom? <laughs> no, God, no. Would I take her home? Maybe. Would I take her home to mom? No. A face tat, dude. My mom would kill me Holy and then kill hell, her. dude. That's yeah. cr- that's like. I mean, don't even like. I like ink. You know what I mean? But that's just that's too much. And one like, that's commitment. You know what I mean? That that's not just commitment. That's obsession. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> that's like you remember uh remember in. What is it, Wedding Crashers? And if you leave me, I'll find you. you know what I mean? <laughs> that shit crazy, bro. Dude, that's not even a turn on. Like, she's probably like, oh, my man's going to love this. Like, I, this shows my dedication to him. And this shows that I'm his. Dude, if I'm a man and I'm dating a chick and she shows up one day with a tattoo that says like BK or Brad on her forehead, I am done with her. You ever had a stalker? Yeah. 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 But never that. I've never had anyone get a tattoo of my... I've had no. girls named trees after me. I've never had uh, girls get tattoos so, with my name on their face. I had a individual fabricate a story that I... And this is in this is in high school, man. That I got her pregnant with twins. And she was not all there in, in the head. But she went around saying, and I remember like when I, when I, we had to get the law involved is when I remember looking out, I was trying to sneak a, a joint, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Looked out my window and there she is like on the neighbor's fence, just staring. And I lived on the third floor, bro. And she's oh. just staring into my window. I got goosebumps telling this story and everybody that's back home listening to it knows exactly the girl I'm talking about. Um, it, dude, Like she was like literally, and I, and I went downstairs and. Uh, I, I remember I threw the I threw the joint. I was just like, man, fuck. Like, I, I didn't know if I was seeing shit. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's her. I went downstairs. I live with my grandparents. And I'm just like, hey, we got to call the cops or something. There is a girl that just will not leave me alone. And my granddad started laughing at me, making fun of me. He goes, what are you talking about? You know, I was like, no, Poppy, it's like out of control, dude. Like, she's, they said that I've got her pregnant. Like, it's crazy. Look at the window, Gramps. <laughs> Oh she's God. just there, man, with big old Coke bottle glasses staring. Sitting on the neighbor's fence, just staring like, into your room? Dude, just leaning, leaning against the fence, man, across the street, just staring <laughs> into the room, bro. Oh, my God. So the cops came? No, I mean, no, they didn't show up. They didn't show up at the oh. time. Like, we actually went, al- went along with the procedures of letting them know, man. But, I mean, luckily, she just, it turned dark. She walked home. It was It was wild. Yeah, we notified authorities, though. Oh my god! Training order went into place. That's yeah. I never had that. I mean, I, uh, the worst I ever had was like I had girls like showing up randomly where I was, and also girls who were like telling their friends and telling people that we were dating when we <laughs> clearly were not. That was the worst. That that really pissed me off more than anything else because it, it was costing me. She was trying to cost yeah. me the chance at other girls. It's yeah, like that's, oh, that's the block. That's the block, yeah. man. Yeah, that's not that's this. not allowed. That's a no go. No, you can sit on my fence and stare at me, but don't rob me from getting another tail, okay? Yeah, you can sit on my fence. You can sit on my fence all you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I had to break that up. Not to go back, you know, God. to high school days, but yeah, man, stalker, stalker syndrome, number one. Woo. Oh, my God. Woo. Yeah, that is that is brutal. So, what yeah, else, no. How do you feel about the Longhorns this Sunday, man? Or the face tats. Um, yeah, listen to you guys. I, I I'm on the exact opposite end of the spectrum as you. You are uh, you're higher on Malik Murphy than I am, and I do acknowledge that he has made some NFL caliber throws. I do agree with you there. Like the, the first quarter on Saturday, I mean, hell, I think every he Texas fan, good. every Texas fan watching that game is like, this guy might be better than Quinn. Like this guy, I, I don't know if we need Quinn back at all. Like, hey, Quinn, you know, take right. take a few more weeks, bro. Right. We're 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 good here. But the second quarter through overtime. It's like, well, now I kind of want to rush Quinn back. Like, obviously, you think you gotta, he was feeling it a little bit too much. Like, I, and I, I commend Sark for you know allowing him to to eat, right? But still, like, my God, BK, like there was there was just you talk about ill advised throws. I mean, you're you're <sighs> doing late throws over the middle. You're throwing late late throws off your back foot. That's that's got to go. Like the Baker the Baker Mayfield fadeaway. That's got to go. That's yeah. dangerous, man. Yeah, I mean uh, there were two interceptions. There probably could have been four or five interceptions, and and there were also just easy throws. Like you talk about the decision making there, but there were some easy throws where like Malik made the right read and he was throwing it the right direction. He just short armed a guy or he threw it two yards behind him. Yeah, and it's like so now I'm like. 
you know, don't don't risk Quinn Ewers' long-term health. And don't risk his short-term health. Like, if he doesn't get cleared, you can't play him. But I'm like, dude, it, an, an 80 to 90% Quinn Ewers is better than what we've seen out of Malik Murphy. And it sucks because I wanted Malik Murphy to be awesome. And maybe he still will be awesome. Like, it's two starts into his career. I'm not saying close the book on the young man. I think he's got a chance to be a very successful college quarterback because we've seen flashes of really, really good quarterback play from him. But I'm like, man, you got – you got three games left, and you need to win all three of them to get to the Big 12 championship. Right. You, you need as many hands on deck as possible, and you escaped. Like, Malik Murphy almost cost you the game last week. Now, the good news is nobody you have left on the regular season schedule is as good as K-State. But I'm still I'm still a little bit nervous now going on the road, Wags, right. worrying right. about what we saw from Malik Murphy from the second quarter on last Saturday. Texas dodged a bullet. This past weekend, you're playing with fire if your quarterback's going to be playing like that. So, I don't know, man. Like, I, if if Quinn can go, shoot, I, I I would throw him out there this Saturday and and hope he's fine. Well, the good thing for Malik Murphy is that he's got a backfield with two studs in there. We've seen, you know, Jonathan Brooks. Even if he gets banged up, C.J. Baxter has been able to come in and spell pretty damn well for uh, for Brooks as well. And then Blue gets it done if you want to add the, you know, the three-headed Hydra in there. Um, but yeah, these two running backs, man. We worked, you know, we we talked about, you know, maybe the concern coming into this season was, you know, the running back room, right? You know, how are we going to be able to supplement, you know, Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson? Uh, and and looks like we got a pretty damn good one-two punch. I think if Sarkeesian continues to lean on that just a little bit more and not put so much on the shoulders of Malik Murphy, I think, I mean, you should be able to sail through TCU, man. I mean, I know that they they got some pretty decent dudes on defense still, but, I mean, offensively, they are just inept, man. Um, yeah. And you'd like to think that, you know, the defense can continue to put our offense in really good positions to score. You just got to be able to finish the drives off, man. And how do you do that? Run the damn ball. I'm with you, man. Uh, and, and some fans were critical of Sark's game plan on Saturday. Um, and you look at the play distribution, right? It was 37 runs and 37 passes. So right. uh, that's, that's a dead even split. But hey, with the backup quarterback, considering the success Texas was having on the ground, if, uh, if you want Sark to run it five to ten more times, which means Malik throws it five to ten fewer times, then okay, I can live with that. But yeah, I thought Sark called a pretty good game. Like there were receivers open. It's just Malik right. didn't hit him. He just him. didn't and, hit him. Yeah. And look, Sark, Sark, I guess, needs to realize that hey, your quarterback doesn't have it. So don't even don't even ask him to make easy throws, like if you can avoid it. Just run. And the I get ball it. Like you want to build the confidence in Malik Murphy yeah. all you can, but still you don't want to ask him to do too much, right? You don't want to bite <laughs> off more than you can chew. I yeah. love this thing too. Like Malik throws a, a great deep ball, uh, nothing else just quite yet. I think he throws a fantastic slant, but he throws routes to where he's allowing his arm to eat, right? It's the touch plays that we're starting to struggle, right? Hitting those, uh, hitting those crossing routes like BK was talking about, those easy throws that you should just be able to hit off your third step drop back. And I mm -hmm. didn't play quarterback at a collegiate level. I'm just getting your, you know, giving you the, the the coaching cam from the couch here. But from what I'm seeing, man, these look like, you know, throws that a, a college quarterback should be able to make in their sleep. Yeah, and it's weird because he was making them, right? That right. that's the that's that's like that's why I think I'm defending Sark so much is. I'm sure Malik Murphy looks pretty good in practice. We don't get to see that. The only practice we saw from him was the spring game. He looked great in that game. And then Sark is like going through the first quarter, and, and he's like, oh, shit, Malik's awesome. Like, this guy can make every throw. I can run my offense because our quarterback's good. And then he just lost it. Like, I don't know what happened. He just lost it. And then Sark in his head, you know, once again, you can get mad at him and say he's got to adjust. But Sark's got to be thinking like, well, he, he can get that back, right? Like he, he did that this this game, not like three weeks ago he did that and he hasn't done it all day. It's like he did this an hour ago, so he should be able to do it again, but he just couldn't. And and it's like I, I just don't you I heard you and Rodney talking about it. Like the opening script was great. Uh of course for Sark, but also for Malik. Like he looked right. super comfortable in the first Good quarter. Rhythm. And then it's like it's like when Malik didn't know what plays were coming in. Like he just, I, I don't know if that was it. It's not like there was a ton of pressure. He didn't get sacked. He only got hit a couple of times. Like it was just, I don't know if I've ever seen like, look, Quinn Ewers has done this where he looks great for a quarter and then the next quarter he struggles. Like we've seen that from him this year. I'm not going to sit here and make it sound like I think Quinn Ewers is prime Tom Brady or anything like that. But you were, I mean, Ewers has, Ewers has that, that care of the ball though. I, I, right yeah. now Malik is, and, and I get it, man. He's trying to make a name for himself. He's, he, he, he knows he's on a short window, right? He knows his playing time is 
is not going to be as long as he wants it to be, right? So he's on, he's just trying to make plays. I think he's trying to force a little bit too much, man. He's, yeah. he's pressing a little bit too much, bro. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the second interception on that screen pass. By the way, if you have to go, Wags, I don't want to keep you from your doctor's appointment. I got. I can do about four more minutes, man, okay. and then I, I absolutely got to run. But yeah, the, to your point, I, I'm glad you brought this up, dude. The screen pass, dude. Like, oh. what, dude? You you didn't even look. You didn't even look at your running back, man. And if your running back can't get out of the backfield, eat the damn ball. Eat yeah. it, man. Take the play. You cannot throw that ball away, especially in a situation like that, to where you're allowing Kansas State to get right back into this damn ball game, dude. We can't have Ray Charles throws. We can't have Stevie Wonder throws. Those were blind throws. Like, you, you can't just throw it and hope. Like that's that's not gonna work against any defense. But K State had a top fifteen scoring defense in college football right. going into last Saturday. Like that, they're too good to do that against. And on your side of the field, like, ah, it's bad. Uh, a couple of comments. Anyone questioning AJ Milwee? No, no. I mean, it's it was it's a redshirt freshman. It's a backup quarterback. K State's defense once again was really really good. Quinn Ewers has had a great year. He's clearly shown progression from last year. We want him to be better, of course, but he's like, I I think A.J. Milwee's fine. I'm not questioning the quarterback coach. I just think these type of mistakes come from inexperience, and Sark talked about it. I think I heard you all play the cut. If not, Bucky and I played it this morning. Like, you just learn from your mistakes. Like, no surprise that a guy making his second career start against a really good defense is going to make a couple of mistakes. Just don't make them twice. Don't make make them twice because – I mean, Texas has to be in championship mode right now, you know? And well, hell, and, well, and that's that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, one more yeah. loss, and you essentially are eliminated from playoffs, right? Oh, like, for sure, playoff. Get, for sure, playoff, and probably Big 12 title, too. Like, that. that's where you're at right now. So, you know, I, I don't want to see Arch Manning. No disrespect to Arch, but I don't know if he's ready yet, number one. And number two, if we see Arch, that means either Malik gets hurt or Malik's just not playing well. But in this thing, like, there was a time last Saturday, once again, I thought Malik might have been better than Quinn for the first quarter. And then in the third and fourth quarter, I'm like, can we maybe see Arch in this game? Like, you can't you can't afford another loss here. So it's just – it's something that you hope Sark doesn't have to consider. But if Quinn does need one more week and Malik is turning the ball over and making decisions like that and Texas is losing, they weren't losing. They were right. never losing on Saturday, right. right? It was tied at 27, then it was tied at 30. But Texas was up 27 to 7. So Sark obviously did not want to make a quarterback change there. If Texas is down 27 to 7, God forbid, you got to make a move. You got to do something. If it's Quinn Ewers, like if he's in pads and you don't want to play him unless it's an emergency, bring him in. If it's Arch, if it's Charles Wright, bring him in. Are you for Arch? Are you for Arch playing this year? No, no. I mean, I, like I'm for him playing if Texas is winning 52 to nothing, but you know, we, we can't do that. We could be up 27 to nothing, but we're going to let the other team back in the game. So Somehow, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So now like, once again, that's not a slide at arch, but it's just, the it's not the blueprint. Can right. We just call it the, the blueprint is have arch be the successor. The, blue, the blueprint is have Quinn not get hurt every single year or just any starting go. quarterback at Texas not get hurt every single year. So I don't know. All right, dude, I see Rodney ready. Yeah. So I got to go, go to the doctor. Let's hope she's hot, guys. Tell Jellyfinger hello for me. Gross. Oh, my <laughs> God. Get out of here. Dr. William Cannon. He's going to Dr. William Cannon. There you go. I'm, more, I'm more of a Dr. Brody Lane guy myself. <laughs> there you go. Big fan of go. his work, man. Did you no. – uh, I don't know if you saw this, but we started off the hour. Apparently, our guy Kevin Dunn has himself a new girlfriend. Oh, nice. Good for him. It's about damn time. I'm telling you, right? Yeah, a guy who's uh, almost always single, and he looks yeah. enjoyed the bachelor life. Yeah, but yeah, look, she... I, I didn't, I didn't realize this. He didn't tell me. We found out on Twitter. Oh, nice. You want to see this girl? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here she is. Okay. Don. Yeah. Oh, thanks God. <laughs> the forehead tat, Rodney. Oh, jeez, Louis. <laughs> I mean, how about a shoulder? Uh, I mean, or, or down here, uh, you know, uh, do it down here on the backside, right above your ass, you know, so he can see his name, you know, when he's taking care of business or something right there. Holy shit. Yeah, well, uh, you know, maybe he wants everyone else to see it, or maybe she wants everyone else to see it, you know, and it didn't look like she had a whole lot of space left. She had a, 
a number of other tats on her body. So that might have been the last place that uh, that you were seeing oh, some skin. Man, I'll tell you, it's funny that you show that because I know a guy, and no, it's not me. Before I even tell the story, it's not me, dude. <laughs> dude, dude's been married three times, three times total, and the third time that he's getting married, he tells me, "You know what I'm going to do? We're not doing wedding rings. I'm going to put her." initial on my wedding finger on the ring finger i'm like uh dude you've been married twice and it got fucked up both of those times what all right so he does it um eight months later done oh of course i mean had to get it altered had to get it altered i'm like dude that's stupid i mean what 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 are you doing it would be one thing it would be one thing if it was like, okay, high school sweethearts. We've been together for, you know, 10 years, you know, dating all the way back to junior high, you know, and now we're getting married. So I'm going to do that because we're going to be together forever. I, I seriously told this guy, BK, I'm like, dude, you've been married two fucking times and found ways to mess that up because he messed them up. Mm. And and this third time, he, he messed that one up too. God. And then it cost him extra because he not only had to get the tattoo done, but then he had to pay to get it altered. Yeah, what does getting it altered mean? Did he get it removed? Like, how do you alter someone's initials like that? You switch it to the fourth wife? You know, it was it was very lucky, and I'm not going to say the initials because he may watch this program, and he'll know that I'm calling his ass out. He was able to do it to where he was able to alter it to his initial, his his first name initial, mm. his first name initial. Good move. That's that's stupid. God, that's yeah. Stupid, on the man. third wife, you got to I mean, I, I'm not a tattoo guy. I think my folks would kill me if I showed up with one anyways. But that's like that. That's such a big commitment. And you know me, Rodney. I, I've got commitment solutions. People call them commitment issues. I call them commitment solutions. There's no way I can commit to having the same thing on my body for the rest of my life. I, I just can't I, do it. I told this dude. I'm like, man, get a temporary tattoo and just keep putting it on. Just keep putting that thing on. Just keep putting her initial on. And, um, you know, just in case. I didn't want to jinx the marriage. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, good good, good for KD. I'm glad he found <laughs> that girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that girl. Like, that's the girl KD's finally going to get to bring home to his parents is, uh, is someone with a forehead tat, which that's – I was telling Wags, like, that's a turnoff. She's probably like, oh, my man's going to love this. And maybe the guy's psycho enough. If he's dating her, maybe he's crazy enough to where he actually will. But for me, it's like, if, if a girl that I'm dating shows up with that, oh, done. Man, looks like a looks like a pro wrestler right there, man. I don't know if anybody remembers Bam Bam Bigelow. That dude had, like, tattoos. Or, or uh, Post Malone. I think Post yeah. Malone has all that shit on his face. Yep. Oh, my Lord. What? What? Come on, people, be better. I, I, I like the woman on the plane better. There the, the you woman go. On the plane is better. I mean, I, I like that better. That's we uh, can we can show her again. Hey, Mike asks, "Where's Harge? Harge is uh, no longer with us, no, but he's, he's not, not dead. dead. He's, he's not, not dead. dead. He's, he's not, not dead. dead. No, Harge is uh, taking a different opportunity. Um, so this is a kind of temporary fill-in. Hopefully, by the end of the week, and I think by the end of this week, we will have an official announcement." on what our 11 to noon plan is going to be moving forward. But uh, everything kind of went down pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, Harge, we're, we're grateful for the uh, the two months he spent with us at Texas Sports Unfiltered, wishing him the best in his uh, next endeavors. He's still a good friend of all of ours, oh, but yeah. uh, no longer a, a member of TSU. So, once again, there will be something more permanent. And I, I know you guys are going to be a fan of what we've got cooking up next here with Texas Sports oh, Unfiltered. But, yeah, for uh, for those of you... Uh, curious about that. There is your explanation for what's going on there. Uh, Rodney, I know you watched some Monday Night Football. Did you check in on the Texas basketball game at all last night? I actually did. Uh, I was kind of going back and forth there. I expected a, a better Monday Night Football game than we got. But, uh, yeah, kind of going going back and forth right there, watching uh, the, the contest there with the Incarnate Word. And, again, you know, when you get into these early season ball games like this, I mean, how much stock can you really put in there? You're going to get folks that are going to get to play that, that, that may not play later. But uh, 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you the number one thing that, that I really like right now when I see a game like that last night is the fact that we now have a venue where you can go in and it's a little more intimate. And it's like, it's even the, the thing that I saw, and, and I noted this, I write a lot of notes, dude. I'm old. I write shit down all the time. Note cards. And, and uh, yeah, you, I think I've learned this from you, dude. I, there I think you I'm, go. You. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was talking about on Saturday that I wrote down, it's like, man, great atmosphere. I'm really, I'm really glad that now with the Moody Center, I don't care if it's Incarnate Word, I don't care if it's, um, you know, playing Kansas on a, on a Monday night, whatever the deal is. It really just seems like it's an electric atmosphere, and and you have folks that are really excited to be there, and you got the students right down in the middle of, of everything, and it sounds like a college basketball game for crying out loud. Finally, instead of being in that tombstone that we that we call the Irwin Center. <laughs> yeah, that's well said, my man. I was at the game last night, and yeah, the student section was completely full. Uh, they called it a sellout. Okay. The whole place wasn't full. It was probably, I don't know, 75 to 80% full. But uh, compared to the Irwin Center, uh, that's a pretty good season yeah. opener for Texas. And like you said, considering the opponents that they played last night and the fact that it was a Monday night, uh, very good turnout by the students and a solid turnout by the fans altogether. And it's just different, man. Like, that's obviously been living in Houston the last couple of years. I went to one Texas basketball game last season, and I think it was against like Arkansas Pine Bluffs or just a random non-con game. And obviously yeah. last night, a pretty random non-con game too, but it's, it's night and day from what the Irwin center was. Like I just, I was telling my buddies that I went to the game with last night, like, Oh, if this game was at the Irwin center, there'd be like 20% oh. of the amount of people who were here. And of course that place was so big and cavernous yeah. that it would have looked awful on TV. It's just embarrassing some of the crowds that showed up to the Irwin Center, but also just with how big that place is. Uh, yeah, there's just everything about Texas basketball is in a better place right now than it was a few years ago. And the Moody Center is a big, big part of that. So, look, no one's going to confuse it with Cameron Indoor. No one's going to confuse it with Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, I don't think that will ever happen. If Texas starts to have some success, like, you know, the Blue Bloods, then maybe you'll start to get those types of atmospheres more yeah. often here in Austin. But, uh, like you said, man, it is just a total 180, and it, it's huge for recruiting. It's huge for the current players. It's just it's cool to go to a Texas basketball game. When I was a student, I had to like beg buddies who to, to to go to these random ass yeah. games with me. And now it's like, no, people want to go out of their way to go watch Texas basketball in person. And yeah, the Moody Center being what it is 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 the big reason why. Yeah, it, it, and that's, you know, a lot of times, you know, I would go to a Texas basketball game at the other place at, at Frank's Joint or and, and then would go to a women's basketball game. And the whole thing was it seemed like the women's basketball game, the ladies, you know, it, it the, the lady horns, whatever you want, Texas women's basketball team. There you it really go. seemed like that, that the environment was better because everybody kind of pushed down into the bowl somewhat. And um, not to mention those teams a lot of times were, were somewhat better or, or better, whatever. But yeah. I thought it was really cool last night, uh, you know, having, having tj ford's uh, kiddo playing you know yeah. word and and having him there it's like man that that's pretty cool right there man that's some pretty cool stuff yeah tj ford was wearing an incarnate word sweater oh. last night and i'm like dude to hell with oh, your man. son come on you're the best basketball player in longhorn history we need you repping the longhorns you can't be repping incarnate word whatever that is come on who is this ricky williams I'm Come on. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But yeah, that's that makes you feel old, doesn't it? TJ Ford's kid being a college basketball player. Man, that is crazy. And I do see uh Mike just kind of kind of posted in right here. Uh I'll pull that up. Um I, I did see. I yeah. liked th that you had uh that you had the uh the 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 football team feel there as well. I mean, you had those dudes uh pulling them up on the jumbotron right there. And that's oh. and again, man, this is this is where this school seems to be kind of getting like some of the cool schools now. I mean, you got a you got a somewhat raucous basketball gym. You've got a you got a DKR Memorial Stadium that has sounded like a graveyard in the past that really sounds good on TV. Man, that 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 Saturday game on TV at the end of it, um, I was actually driving. I, I told you about Tarleton. Um, I was driving and I'm listening to this thing and I'm like, I keep trying to turn it up because I couldn't hear our man Craig away. But it was, man, I like seeing the football influence there last night, you know, having those dudes there with, with uh, Baron Worthy. And, and, man, that's great, man. It's, everything's kinda, finally going in the right direction. It I'm seems telling like you, man. There. Yeah, the, the athletic department's in a great spot right now. And, look, for the last few years it has been. The problem has been football, right? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. you know, Texas has been winning director's cups because everything else has been solid. 
But the football, which is the most important thing and the moneymaker, no offense, I'm not breaking any news to anybody. Nobody should be offended by that. Uh, that that's been so bad. Well, now you've got a top 10 football team. Like, I don't know how many schools across the country have like top 20 football, men's basketball, women's basketball, volleyball. And obviously when you start to get to the spring, you think of baseball and softball and, you know, tennis is awesome and golf is always awesome and swimming and diving. Like it's, it's cool. Like football, football is the one that people talk about the most. So there's some people who are like, ah, to hell with the director's cup. Just give yeah. me football. Well, now you still have the director's cup stuff, the uh, quote unquote Olympic sports yeah. performing at a high level, but you also have the football team very much in the national conversation too. So it's a, it's a fun time to be a, a Texas Longhorn fan. Man. It really you mean, is. You mean the, the, the fact that I tell my friends from the Southeast, my friends in Alabama and Louisiana and Florida, the fact that I tell them that, that, that UT swims better than nobody else is not something that makes me a badass. <laughs> uh, hey, so, so, you know, if you ever see Michael Phelps, he'll think that's pretty cool. And Mark Spitz, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody in Tuscaloosa, I don't, I don't even know if they have swimming and diving at Alabama. And if, if they do, I don't know how many Alabama fans really care. It's, it's like, like in a stock tank. It, yeah. It's like out on, out on the farm, you know, it's like, okay, here's our diving team. Here's our swimming team. Like, yeah. and they come up with a catfish, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, it that's it was, uh, I did feel bad for these three, by the way, because they, they were like sitting right next to the student section. Yeah. And people were trying to take pictures with them the entire game, the entire game. Like, I don't know how much they actually got to watch because there were so many students just walking by, like taking selfies and asking their buddies to take pictures of them. And it was, uh, but it was a mess. But like you said, it was cool. It was cool to see them out there and a nice win for Texas. Like mm -hmm. they, they had that scrimmage against St. Ed's last week and Texas was down at halftime in that game by like seven. It's like, yeah. uh Oh, uh, you know, St. Ed's a D2 team, a very good D2 team, but a D2 mm -hmm. team, like, what what are we doing here? What's going on? Uh, and then Texas, like, they left no doubt last night. They went on a 21 to nothing run midway through the first half to just take control, and they, they kind of ran away and hid from Incarnate Word. A bunch of different guys got the play. It was good to see Caden Shedrick out there, the Virginia transfer, who yeah. missed, missed yeah. all of the offseason. Yeah. He missed that scrimmage last week. I thought he was going to miss at least a couple of games in the regular year. He only played 11 or 12 minutes, so he was clearly on like a pitch yeah, count. 12, 12 points, dude. 12 points. 12 points and three blocks. Like he was That's a piece. point a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that ratio. Let him play 40 minutes then. Shit, he's going to be doing that. Uh, it was good to see him out there play well. Sue's obviously out. He's going to miss a few weeks, if not, uh, you know, a couple of months this year. But there's some dudes on this Texas team, man. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is an Elite Eight team like what we saw last year, right? This, this roster is... Uh, not as talented and not as experienced. And obviously there are a lot of new faces this year to replace some of the guys that, uh, you know, we had last year. Speaking of guys who were here last year, Jabari Rice was at the game last night, which was pretty cool. Shout out to nice. Sir Jabari there. Um, but th this is still a really, really good team. Like they're top 20 in the country for a reason. I think they're going to play well. They don't have a t super tough non-conference slate, so they should get some wins here early in the year. And then when they get Dylan Sue back, this uh, – now, this team was picked to finish third in the deepest conference and the best conference in college basketball. So your expectations for this bunch should be high. Uh, I don't know if they'll do what they did last year, but they they should be able to make some noise again in 23-24. Yeah, and I'm excited this year for Rodney Terry and that staff, you know, because, uh, you know, you see it to where it's like, well, maybe Rodney shouldn't have gotten that job, you know. I mean, it, it's always, uh, there's so many different things that are always going to be coming up right here. But I, I think that if he takes if he takes this team, I mean, because it is a deep team, and, and we're starting to see this right now, is uh, if kind of what we're talking about with, with the Texas football program. We're really starting to see game plans and things that the coaching staff is doing that, that makes it a solid program. And I, I think that's where RT this year can really do what he's going to be able to do with, with this bunch, especially a deeper bunch. And that's a whole thing. I don't care. I mean, especially in basketball, I would rather have, I would rather have a deep group. I'd rather have a hell of a lot of depth than yep. one or two guys that are going to knock the gym down each and every damn game. And and I think that's what Rodney Terry and this staff has right here. So uh, yeah, third, I keep seeing third, but um, Hey man, I'll take that. I'll take that in this conference. Yeah. I mean, look, Kansas is picked to win this league. They're the number one team in the country. They're always good. Uh, and Texas has actually had Kansas's number in recent years. These two teams only play one time this season, unfortunately. Uh, and then Houston is number two and you know, they were, uh, number one seed in the tournament last year. They were the number one team in the country for the majority of last season. 
Uh, we almost got a Texas-Houston game in the Elite Eight, but Houston came up short against uh, that team that I will no longer be talking about because I still <laughs> hate them. That was that was the saddest part of last night, Rodney. I like I I, I shed a sports tear uh, at the start of that game because you know what I should have been watching at the mood last night? A banner ceremony. Oh, okay, I was I was going to say not Monday Night Football. I hope. No, no, God no, a banner ceremony because you you hang a banner for a Final Four appearance. Yes. And yep. or at least you add to a banner for a final four appearance. And and there should have been one of those last night. And I'll never forgive the officials of that uh, god awful Elite Eight bullshit. You know, I've I've been there. I, I've been there for concerts. Is the NIT one in there? Yeah, they've got um it's it's dual because they won the NIT in what the eighties? I should know this. 86, 76, one of those. No, two the Abe Lemons. Yeah. It was Abe Lemons when they won, I think, the NIT. But it, back I'm when the NIT the, was actually good and it meant something. So yeah. they've got it's, it's one banner. It's got like NIT chance oh, that year and then the shock of nice. smart year. Nice. So yeah, no, I'll thankfully not a, thankfully not a separate banner. I mean, look, I'll the NIT that. back in the day before they expanded the tournament to four hundred and thirty-two teams. Uh, used to be a big deal. Now it's a joke, and I'll still uh, never forgive Texas for yeah. you know, on on the website texassports.com after Texas won the NIT. They put national champions on the website. I don't know if you remember that shit. I do yeah, remember I, that. I, I do remember that. I, I had an aneurysm. I think after, that's after that. That's like that Jimbo Fisher trophy you showed me yesterday, man. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> it? Dude. I mean, it's like, dude, there it is right there. Uh, I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, and you're right, though. The NIT back in those days, I mean, that, that really was the shit back in those days. I mean, it, it was something that actually meant something. But, yeah, now it's like, eh, okay. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, yeah, a little uh, junior varsity action right there when you start. And, and no offense to junior varsity yeah. stuff. I mean, it it happens. But, um, I just, well, good. I, I, I like that kind of. I like that kind of banner. That that makes sense. That makes sense because yeah. because uh, the top one does kind of supersede the other one, in my opinion. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. There. So that one that one hurt. But hey, maybe. All right. Here we go. I think we've got a picture, and and this this should hurt you if you're a Longhorn fan. This should pain you a little bit because this this still <laughs> pains me. Like four years after the fact. What the national no, champions i know they've got the nit logo but national champions dude national congrats. national invitational you had to get invited national yeah. invitational <laughs> man hey we were oh. 69th place that year very nice 69th place because you know 68 teams make the tournament and we i guess won the second tier tournament so yeah that, and, that shit and oh. honestly dude when it all comes down to it what in the hell is wrong with a 69? It's not that bad of a deal. No, 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 no. not at all. Not no. at all. Yeah, Good Matthew, stuff. not happy with uh, with me showing that. Yeah, sorry no, about no, that, man. No, no. Uh, Texas basketball's next game this Friday against Delaware State. They don't have any good home non-conference games, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, they do play mm -hmm. at Marquette, so there's your shock of smart revenge game there. Um, and then they've got some games at Madison Square Garden. They play Louisville, who escaped a D2 team. No, uh, UMBC. Sorry. I got to put some respect on UMBC's name. You know, they were the first 16 to ever beat a one. Uh, Louisville nearly lost to them last night. They, they suck. But if Texas beats Louisville at the Garden, they'll play either UConn or Indiana. So there are a couple nice. of good non-conference games for Texas. But unfortunately, if you're a season ticket holder, uh, you're not going to really get any at the mood. You're going to have to wait until Big 12 play to get some uh, premier matchups in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas. And that's that's what I love so much about college basketball is, you know, we're sitting here talking about with football, you know, quality one loss teams. What's a quality loss and all that? I mean, that that's a cool thing about you get these non cons in, in college basketball and it's man, man, you you get these early season matchups and you go out there and you drop a game, whatever. There's there's a lot of games to be played, man. Mm -hmm. That's uh, just the beauty of that right there. And then the, the ladies get started. I know the ladies get started this week as well. Yep. Uh, the Texas women's uh, basketball team. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this morning. Uh, uh, Kim Mulkey, Bucky's uh, little lady right there. Uh, her great outfit after they got shellacked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the, the coach Schaefer and and the and the, and the ladies there will get fired off, and, and I think they're going to have a great year as well. Yeah, I'm with you. They uh, are number 13 in the country going into the season, and uh, the Texas women's team opens up its year tomorrow against Southern at the Moody Center. Southern. 
Southern, just just Southern, no Southern something, just Southern. southern. That's southern. the uh, that's the first, right. the Jaguars. That's just like the whole. That's just like the whole South. That's yeah. uh, that, <laughs> just that's just South. twelve players from the whole South right there. That it's a, like an Olympic team that's coming into Austin tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Uh, we talked about Monday Night Football a little bit. That game sucked. I'm glad I didn't watch that one. Rodney, we're nine weeks into the NFL season. I'm going to kind of give you the floor here, man. Give me, give me a, a storyline, a good, a bad, maybe both. Just something that's really captivated your attention. It's been a pretty unpredictable NFL year to this point. Uh, there's been a couple of wild storylines throughout the course of the year. But for you personally, what's kind of been the the one or two things that have really grasped your attention in the National Football League so far? Just really that right there. Um, like we were talking about yesterday. I mean, you, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've we've watched, uh, you know, the 49ers become susceptible to getting beat. Um, the fact that you've got one one lost team, to bring that up again, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're winning ugly. Um, I really think that we're seeing like Kansas City is, is, is a different, it's not the offensive juggernaut that, that we're so used to seeing with them. It's more defense, what they're doing right there, the emergence of, of, of the Miami Dolphins, even though, you know, they were humbled a little bit the other day, you know, Buffalo, you know, we sit here, we talk on chaos theory about how the window is, is so short with Buffalo. I mean, yeah. I just, that, that the fact is right now that, that there's not, we can talk about power rankings. We can talk about all the different things that, that you want to do each and every, you know, post weekend of the NFL. There's not really anybody that jumps out to me that is the clear cut favorite. I mean, you, I mean, there, there always, a lot of times there is one. But to me right now, when when you think that you find one, because I, I really did think at one point that that was going to be the 49ers. Well, they've kind of come back down to earth. To earth mm -hmm. And you know, I'm I'm not a Bengals fan, but I, but I do enjoy when the Bengals are doing well. I was really concerned about Cincinnati. They seem to have, to have turned the corner a, a little bit right now with uh, Joe Cool. You know, becoming Joe Cool once again. And man, I talk about it all the time. The team that's just floating under the radar to me right now is the Baltimore Ravens. Man, they're just getting out there beating the living shit out of people. And it's like uh, you might want to keep an eye on this club right here. It's just, yeah. it's just the unpredictability to me is is what I'm really enjoying about the NFL season. Yeah, no, the Ravens are really good, and and people aren't talking about them. I think it's kind of like a boy who cried wolf situation with Baltimore because. So many people have bought into them in the past and they would just always come up short, usually in the playoffs. But the last couple of years, it's been like late in the regular season. Now, Lamar's gotten injured a couple of times, which hasn't helped their chances. But uh, yeah, people were sleeping on Baltimore this year. And then uh, J.K. Dobbins gets hurt in week one. And it's like, oh, well, maybe here's Baltimore again. Like this happens to them every year. People want to get excited and buy into them, but they're just always going to come up short. Now, they're, they're not only beating teams like, they're beating the crap out of teams. Yeah, just uh, yeah, they're they're just killing them. Thirty-seven uh, to three against the Seahawks, yeah. and then thirty-eight yeah. to six against the Lions. They they beat the Browns. Like the Browns early were not good, but the Browns are five and four right now. Like they'd be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Baltimore went into Cleveland and beat them twenty-eight to three. They went into yep. Cincinnati and got a win. They beat the Texans by sixteen in Week One, and most people are like, ah, same old Texans. Well, now it, it's clear the Texans have a little bit of juice to them. Yeah. Like. Yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore's a, a damn good team right now, and if you're talking about contenders in the NFL, you 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 shouldn't mention too many other teams before you mention B more. That's right, and and I like those stories. I mean, kind of talking right there about the Texans. We talked about C.J. Stroud yesterday. I like that fact. I mean, I love that story of a rookie quarterback coming and making an immediate impact, breaking records like we saw on Sunday. Yeah, it was against Tampa Bay, but hell, even Tampa Bay is a little bit of a fascinating story to me. I mean, they they were supposed to be. I mean, washed up, done, spit them out, whatever the case is. Well, you know what? They're serviceable. Mm -hmm. I like that. Man, the fact that the Detroit Lions are one of the best teams in the NFL, to me, that is such a great story between the general manager right there and that head coach, what they have built with that. I, I think that the, the, there are so many compelling storylines to me. And, and I love, to, to me, so much of sports of what we do is I, I just love the stories. And I love when, when things happen that, that shouldn't happen. And when people sneak up on you and all that, dude. And that's like... It's like telling a great story each and every Sunday because you don't know what's coming at you. And, you know, disappointment-wise, I mean, I, I mean, well, you know, barring the team that I root for, a couple of losses there that, um, God dang it, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's like, that's my life story. That's that's always my disappointment. But yeah. I, I just like the fact that, that the NFL right now is unpredictable. I think that's really the whole thing when it comes down to you. 
Yeah, yeah. For me, you're positive. You mentioned some of the good teams, and you brought up the Cowboys there at the end. But the new teams, I think, are the biggest disappointment. What do you mean by new teams? New York, New York, and New England. Like, yeah. the Patriots have the worst record in the AFC right now. Not the AFC East, the entire AFC. They are 2-7. and seven. Now, that division's really good. And people thought there was a chance maybe the Patriots were going to finish last in the AFC mm-hmm. East, but I don't think anybody saw two and seven coming. Now, hey, no. sign me sign me up for it because I'm tired of them. They're usually seven and two at this time, so I'm tired of them always being good. And I'm glad this dynasty is finally officially over, even though it really was over once Tom Brady decided to go sign with Tampa Bay. But New England being two and seven, the Giants being two and seven, like I. I all offseason long, I was saying they, they were not nearly as good as what they were last year. But still, we're yeah. talking about a coach that won coach of the year in his first year, a team that made the playoffs, a team that won a road playoff game. Like, they were – people thought they were better than the Cowboys, dude. Mm-hmm. People are like, no, no the Giants are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC East. Yeah. Now, the Giants are 2-7, and seven and they're dead last in that division. They're disappointing. And then the Jets, you understand it uh, with the Aaron Rodgers injury. Uh, but it's just like – all the hype surrounding them this offseason. And the fact that they are four and four despite Rogers playing like one drive or a couple of plays. <laughs> yeah, five not plays. horrible. It just shows you how talented their roster is. But like those three teams, anybody with a new, and I guess New Orleans, you could throw in there too. I know they're five and four, but they, you know, they've had their issues this year. Uh, if you have new in your team name this year in the NFL, it's it's not been a great season for you. Well, and I got to tell you, I mean, not not that I'm disappointed. I think I'm actually kind of laughing out loud. Is the 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 Raiders the Raiders? You know, I mean, here they are. I mean, you get this great, amazing brand. I mean, the brand of the Raiders, and, and you know, you can kind of attribute uh, some of the factors right there very much to our Cowboys ownership. Um, ownership kind of lacks. Uh, personnel moves are kind of shitty and stupid. Um, but they sell a lot of tickets. They've got really cool colors and, you know, all of that. But the, the fact that they go, and, and here you go, I mean, Mark Davis is, is making this move, and this is what's going to put the Raiders up over the top. I mean, here we are. They're four and five. We're nine games in. They've wiped out and gotten rid of the general manager. The coach is gone. And, and it's like, okay, I mean, what's happening here? I mean, I kind of put them right right in with, with the new teams that you're talking about. And I think it's finally time, speaking of new, I think it's finally time with New England that we get over the whole, you know, with the Belichick coaching tree. By the way, how about the guy that used to be a coach, uh, the coach there for the Raiders, where it's like, I mean, look at these guys. The success is not there. The success is not there when they go on to become head coaches. Maybe they're great coordinators, whatever the case is. But I'll tell you what, you said it. It comes back to one dude. That when he disappeared, that's when all these people started struggling. People started getting fired. All these franchises started struggling. And it's Tom Brady. And, and I think that that's really what comes down to the greatness of the New England Patriots was Tom Brady. No offense to Bill Belichick. He's one of the best ever. That record is is unbelievable. But when you got that dude, he's really going to make you look good. Yep, no doubt. No doubt. And he won the divorce. I don't know how he's yeah, doing he with the Giselle divorce, but he won the divorce against, uh, against Belichick for sure. And and uh, look, great players need great coaching, right? Great players can't overcome bad coaching. I'm a firm believer of that. But doesn't matter how great of a coach you are, if you uh, if you don't have talent, you're not going to win. And it's Bill Belichick's fault, right? Like yep. he, they gave him too much power. He, he, he Bill Belichick, the head coach, I think is still very good. Uh, sure. A lot of people are like, ah, he's lost it. He doesn't have the same. No, I, I still think he'd be a good head coach somewhere in this league. But once he got full personnel control. I mean, they've drafted horribly. They've made some bad trades. They've had some bad free agent signings. Like, just the personnel side of Bill Belichick is horrible. One of the worst in the league. So, that's what's kind of done them in. It's his fault. He's the guy. But that's sort of, uh, I think, the biggest reason why the Patriots are the worst team in the AFC right now. Yeah. You mean, uh, like what Jake is talking about right there, you mean the fact that, uh, hey, Matt Castle, remember that dude? I mean, he he comes in. Uh, that's a pretty good deal right there as well. Um, Atlanta Falcons to me. Uh, Wags and I were talking about this yesterday. To me, that that's a disappointment right there. Uh. It, the, the, I think the fact is, this is the Longhorn fan in me coming out. The fact that Arthur Smith, you know, I didn't know this until this morning. Do you know his dad was the founder of FedEx? Actually, I actually heard that 
I heard that last night at the basketball game. One of my buddies yeah. was telling me that. I had no clue. Yeah, I had no clue whatsoever. And so I'm sitting here railing on this guy the other day, and I'm like, holy smoke, um, I'm about to be blackballed out of uh, sports radio and uh, sports entertainment here because his dad's going to like uh, say, who's this Mexican dude uh, in Austin talking shit about my son? But uh, disappointed right there that, that, that B. John Robinson hasn't been better utilized. And and I was talking about this yesterday, BK. The fact is, dude, they're like right there in the hunt for the for the NFC South. Hey. It's perfectly winnable, and this dude's making stupid decisions. Screw your son, all right? UPS is way better anyways. FedEx is ass, all right? That's I'm a right. UPS guy, all right? And I'll, I'll call up DHL if they still exist <laughs> to avoid using FedEx. Like, yeah. come on, man. Arthur Smith, you're an idiot. Like, how do you not use Bijan more? How do you spend a top 10 pick on a running back, which is already a questionable move, and then not play him? Like, yeah. what are you, what, is Tom Herman? Is it, is it, yeah. Tom, is it like the Scooby-Doo where they're going to rip Arthur Smith's ha- head off and it's going to be Tom Herman underneath? Like, Oh what? my God, we have to, you have to make a graphic for that, dude. You <laughs> have to make a graphic for that. That would be perfect because that's really what it looks like. You know, we, we talk about last year, even, even, you know, with Sark and it's like, man, why didn't you utilize Bijan a little bit more? Man, this is like times a hundred. Dude, come on. I said it yesterday. It's that that BMW that you keep in the garage that you just want to take out for a little Sunday cruise. Man, ride that dude. Get him out there. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of different things that he can do for you. And and, and by golly, by golly, you can win this division and get yourself in the playoffs and save your job at this point for crying out loud. Yeah, you're only a game back. And I like like what you said there. There's a lot that this guy can do for you. What can can Bijan do for you? Okay. That's right. Yeah, F you FedEx. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's yeah. weird. I you know, and it has me thinking total conspiracy theory, and I, I have no sourcing or evidence to back this up, but I'm getting Vince Young flashbacks in Tennessee, where yeah. the head coach fair. the head coach did not want to draft Vince Young, right? Jeff Fisher had no interest in VY, and it just felt like Jeff Fisher did everything he could possibly do to ensure that Vince Young was not going to be a franchise quarterback in Tennessee. Now, not absolving Vince of any of the blame, he he didn't do enough on his end to make yeah. sure he had a longer career in the NFL. But, I mean, it, it was obvious. There were reports, and then we found out for sure that, no, that Bud Adams, F that guy, uh, no. wanted Vince Young, but Jeff Fisher wanted Matt Leinart or somebody else instead of EY. And there was just always that internal strife between head coach and quarterback. And I think that's part of the reason why VY's career was what it was. Uh, I wonder if that's the case here. I wonder if the other Arthur, Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons was like Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My ass is going to Lowe's. I'm going to Lowe's. I might do that now too. He's like (laughs) Bijan, like look at this guy. Like he's probably watching Bijan highlights every Saturday. And he's like, Oh, I can have this guy. This guy's awesome. Like we need him. Bring him on the team. We're drafting him. What I don't care what you say. Like you're the offensive coach. You make it work with this guy. He's Bijan Robinson. We're taking him. He's the best offensive player in this draft this year. And maybe Arthur Smith was just like, yeah, I really don't want this guy. Like I like Algier and I'd rather go get somebody else and add somewhere else to this team. And once again, I have no sourcing and a lot of people probably think I'm crazy, but I, I don't know how else to explain the fact that Bijan is just not getting utilized in this offense like he's he's just so good and there's never any character issues with Bijan. like it's not it can't no. be that no so i don't know i don't know what it is man but it is uh it is strange for sure so so speaking of character issues um i know cleveland was mentioned right there i had heard some stuff a while back that maybe deshaun watson didn't want to be doing this anymore i mean mm-hmm. when you're when, when you're out of football for so long i mean may, maybe that's something where it's like okay you know maybe i'll just go get massages for the rest of my life but be a little bit smarter getting that shit done i mean whatever the case is um do you i mean they're they're five and three i mean they're sitting right there that division we talk about the ravens and all of that i mean that that is a fantastic division right now yeah. um is is Deshaun Watson, I mean, he had 219 yards. I mean, he comes back uh, this past weekend. You think Deshaun Watson is finally right and, and ready to play football again and, and and get this team on his shoulders to go make a run? Man, the last couple of weeks, he's he's made some throws that give you flashbacks of Houston, Deshaun yeah. Watson. Um, yeah. No, my answer is no. 
it should be yes, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't believe in this guy, mainly because he plays for Cleveland. Like, I just assume yeah. it's always going to fall apart with Cleveland. And I was doing radio in Houston when the Deshaun trade went down, and I'm like, oh, if he's going to Cleveland, you don't have to worry that much because he ain't winning the Super Bowl there because, you know, the, the Browns don't do that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I do wonder if once you get that fully guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got, you see it in sports all the time where a guy gets paid and then he just kind of takes his foot off the gas because he knows he's getting his money regardless. <clears throat> Jimbo Fisher. I know that's a coach and not a player, but uh, you see that you see that happen in sports a lot. So part of me is like, eh, Deshaun seems like the type of guy who's just like, oh, I got my money, so it doesn't matter how much work I put in. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just my bias rooting against that scumbag. Like I, I, I hope he's struggling, and I hope this thing falls apart for Cleveland. But once again, like I said at the start of this all over the place monologue. At, uh, no, the last the last two weeks he has uh, he has made some nice throws and he does look like a different player. Well, you know you know who they play this week, right? At Baltimore. At Ooh, Baltimore. Okay. So here we go. Here okay. we go. Let's let's see how committed he is. Let's see how ready he is. Um, I think there's your test right there because I really do think like we were talking about, man. Baltimore is that sleeping giant, and. And, and I mean, to see Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is, uh, I know everything that happened last year. And I mean, good for him. I mean, negotiating his contract, whatever. I think I'd have paid the 3% or whatever the hell the, the agent gets paid. I, I think I would have kind of gotten this done. But I mean, the fact is he kind of kind of sat out right there. That injury held him out. And he couldn't play. And now he's back and he's getting paid. And and he looks like the Lamar Jackson that we know and and know that he's capable of being so yeah that that's kind of the whole like you're talking about this whole monologue that we're talking about right here that is the nfl right now there's just so many different storylines right now and it's totally unpredictable yep. and no telling what will happen sunday so hell no who the hell knows who the hell knows it's the best man it is that's the right. best quick shout outs to a covert b cave if you're looking for a new or pre-owned car truck or suv look no further than covert b cave three state-of-the-art dealerships Featuring seven brands on 42 acres. Yeah, I was at a covert B cave yesterday. Every time I drive in there, I'm like, golly, this is ridiculous. It's like a damn amusement park parking lot. And it's just <laughs> nothing but cars in there. And their selection, there are a lot of dealerships around the city, around the state, around the country, around the world that just don't have cars. Like parking cars sideways to try to take yeah. up three spots as I kick my yeah. desk. Uh, to make it look like they've got selection. No, Covert's got selection. Like They've got everything you could want with those seven different brands. Certified pre-owned cars, too. Go check them out. Great people over there. Great service. Great prices all of the time. The Covert Auto Group has been around since 1909. Covert B Cave, their newest location. Fantastic stuff out there. And speaking of fantastic stuff, greatblueheronfurniture.com. That's fantastic stuff. If you're looking for a new couch or recliner, or chair, or bar stools, or ottoman, whatever, greatblueheronfurniture.com. They've got the little couch with the dog sitting on top of it. You can't buy oh. the dog, but you can buy that couch. Uh, this stuff is gorgeous. If you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off. So if you're looking for a new piece of furniture that's going to last you and your family decades, yes, decades, plural, look no further than greatblueheronfurniture.com. That's right. It's great. it's great stuff. Hey, did you see uh, when I had to go when I had to go jump on a work phone call as I was uh, still um, checking stuff out on social media while I was doing some other stuff? No. Uh, looks like Craig Council to the Cubs in some of the MLB offseason moves that are starting to go down. Very nice. Yeah, I saw I saw rumors about that yesterday, uh, but it's it's official. It's been finalized. Uh, not quite, but it's apparently pretty close. Okay. Apparently pretty close. Apparently and, pretty uh, close. Who else is, is Stephen Vogt getting a job somewhere? Oh man, I I don't know, and and I'm curious about the Astros. And apparently, apparently they're in no hurry. Although I'm I'm sure they're going to hire Brad Osmus. Come on, man. It's it it should be easy. Just just hire Joe Espada, man. He's like, sitting there waiting. Just promote He's, that dude. He's paid his dues. He's got great rapport with the guys in that clubhouse. Fresh um, new thinking. Fresh new thinking. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, and like. You could say, well, you know, he was with the Astros last year. Well, that's that's a good thing. Like the Astros, yes. they made it to Game Seven of the yes. ALCS, and they keep making it to the ALCS every year. Like, you don't want to completely upset the apple cart with this dynastic run by bringing in a bunch of outside people. Like in in the Astros' perfect world, Jeff Lunau is still the GM, and AJ Hinch is still the manager. 
Man, that's the one I wish they'd hire back if they could. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of Astros oh, fans do, right? But yeah, uh, yeah no, Joe Spada to me feels like the obvious choice. He's Number the biggest one. favorite, but you, you do worry because Jim Crane is starting to show some Jerry Jones these days. You worry he thinks he's the smartest man in the room and he's going to go uh, with something a little bit off the beaten path. So, and, and Jeff Bagwell is supposed to be heavily involved in helping all this as well. And that's right. like, no, let him do other things. Let him advise you on other things. Not this. Yeah, not this, please. That's, that is not what you want. That is not what you want. Rodney, this was fun, man. Appreciate you uh, sticking around for the last 45 or so. For sure, man. Anytime. Happy to jump on anytime. You boys, uh, you boys have at it. Have a have a great nooner, brothers.